Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's uh, eventually going to be Peakless Mountaineer. Who's running late. For shame. And? Richie Rich. And I am your host tonight, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Are we going to start out with happy anniversary? Are we like, no, I was going to start that? with okay. that, but right. let's not do that just yet. Let's wait right. till Peakless gets here. Boo! Yeah. Let him pay for being late. Well, I mean, okay, why not? Okay. Uh, so today, actually technically yesterday, I guess, according to Mark Edge, the co-founder of this show, uh, was the Free Talk Live 21st anniversary. Free Talk Live is now old enough to drink in all states in the U.S., and I didn't bring in any, like, champagne or anything. Thought about it too late. I, I, I did think about it, but then I'm like, ah, you know. Should message Peakless before he gets here and say, hey, pick some up on your way in, brother. That's a good idea. Hey, Peakless, will you message yourself and tell yourself to bring some champagne on your way in? I uh, can't, can't do the champagne. No. Brought some wine, though, if you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll do that at... Uh, now that the show itself can drink. Bottom bottom of the hour or top of the hour? I'm not All sure. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I... 21 years of Free Talk Live is a significant milestone. Uh, 20 years was a significant milestone, and uh, 21 is significant simply because the feds tried to take us down. Numerous times. I mean, recently, right? Like within the last year or two or whatever it was, right? Numerous times and recently. Yeah. Yeah, 20 was its own milestone. 21 is a different milestone. Yeah, certainly is. Um, So... Happy anniversary to Free Talk Live. Thank you to all of our listeners over the years, every one of you, uh, all of our callers, all of our former co-hosts, the ones that have come and gone. Uh, Free Talk Live tends to have sort of a couple of steady people and then like a rotating cast and people come and go from time to time because, you know, life, right? I remember when that was the Sunday show. What? Like it was, it was Mark and Ian Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday was, you know, here's your chance to, like, audition right. for the rest of the week. Yeah, there was a time when Mark and Ian did all seven days for some long period of time. Yeah. Like a year or two or something like that. I don't remember exactly When they first what added Sundays, because for a while there was no Sunday show. Right. And so, uh, yeah. And then, like, I mean, I started listening. I don't even remember who all was on, man. I remember, of course. 2007 uh, for me. I remember, of course, uh, Allie. Havens and uh, uh, what the heck was the other girl's name? The the brunette, um, Allie and Ellen. Okay, uh, I remember those guys, and and uh, they were pretty good. And of course, they're chicks too, and attractive at that. So of course, I was tuning in all the time when they were on. But they also to the radio. They <laughs> no, actually to the video, <laughs> to the video stream. Some uh, things are worth the video. If. I don't, why, you, I don't know why. I don't know why you'd want to. I don't know why you'd want to tune in tonight because we all have faces for radio. But <laughs> if you do want to tune in, watch dot com. Uh, we'll get you directly to our Odyssey channel where you can see the streaming video of us here in the studio. If you care to know what we look like, um, I'm trying to remember who else. There was a whole bunch of. There's a lot. A whole I bunch of former co-hosts, and you know, I remember Johnson was on the show for some time. There's a bunch of people that like. I was a big fan of Dale for a while while he was on. Uh, 
Of course, uh, Daryl was on for know, most of the show's life. I don't know, like at least a decade or something like that. Before his wildly successful foray in politics. Right. And, <laughs> for a libertarian. And, and, <laughs> for a libertarian. And, and marriage, I guess. Right. right. It's like He was single for most of the time he was on the show. And I'm not saying that him not being single had something to do with it. But, I am. But perhaps it did. I will say that that's how I got the job. Like when when that incident took place, I reached out and said, "Like, hey, it looks like you need two hosts. I can be one." <laughs> well, statism and libertarianism both have their evangelistic by marriage arms. You see, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, if I didn't mention your name, I apologize. I can't remember all of the former co-hosts, but uh, I love you all. Thank you for you know even having the the balls to step in and put your voice on the radio to speak out against statism to speak up for other people to speak up for freedom for liberty for prosperity uh, and you know a peaceful means to achieve that is also appreciated uh, so to all of our former co-hosts thank you uh, this show could not have been on the air for 21 years without all of you and to another 21 years That'd be nice. We're here, here. Yeah. Hopefully we don't need it, right? Hopefully in like a decade the state disappears and we're all free and, you know. Yeah, the format will change. I don't think so. I, <laughs> even even Honestly, if it does. I, 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 hey, I'm trying to speak it into existence, okay? Well, I'm manifesting think, over here. I all think right? we might need a, a few more decades than that for the state to disappear completely. Dave Ridley calling from New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I guess there's been a... a of uh, politicians, I think maybe including prominent federal politician or two, who have been making pilgrimages to the New Hampshire's northern border to complain that there's not enough police state. <laughs> the northern border? Are they worried about the yeah, Canadian invasion? Issue. I heard something we, about that. Can you tell us more? We just barely have a road there, right? Uh, and it's only a small border. It's only about 13 miles long. Most people cross uh, at Derby Line, Vermont. But um, I guess uh, the, the New Hampshire Civil Liberties Union, uh, maybe about a week ago or so, uh, had a demonstration at the New Hampshire State House against this. So good on the good on the NHCLU. They're just trying to ramp up more police, trying to get more police activity into that area where moose might cross. Yeah, who are they worried about coming in? Canadians, eh? Don't you know what that's all about? Yeah, yeah, but no one's ever been worried about Canadians immigrant crossing the border. I know. Oh, that's, the, that's those like vile never been a Canadians. Thing. There was that time they like came over and burned down the White House, and people were concerned at that point. But since then, okay. they've been very polite. <laughs> what we do, what we, what we do know is what it looks like when the when the federal government starts playing police state with a, a New England border, because that's what happened in Derby Line, and the town is now a ghost town. Okay. It, Go on. It's a, like there used to be a. Uh, it used to be very laid back. And there was a, I guess, a library where, like, the library straddled the border between Canada and the United States, and no one cared, and you could just cross the border right there in the library if you wanted to, and. Go out the other side. <laughs> the other. Oh no my cared, goodness! Right? Yeah. So wait, you didn't have to. Have- so when you say it's a ghost town, what exactly do you mean? Does that mean like the town doesn't exist? Or there's just fewer just people. Very little. It's just it's just dead looking. It looks like one of those towns that borders New Hampshire, mm-hmm. which it does not. It's not that close to New Hampshire, but it um, it's certainly not that close to a lot of New Hampshire businesses. I guess is what I should say. But okay. the uh, 
uh, you, so normally you see the towns that look like ghost towns if they're close to the New Hampshire border and, and everybody's doing their shopping on our side of the border, right? Because there's no sales tax. Right. But this isn't, that's not, that's not the case with Derby line. I don't, I don't think it has much competition from close by towns in New Hampshire. What are they using to justify their position? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're is it like enforcement or whatever. whatever 100, 100 miles from the border is a constitution-free zone, and that kind of never went away, so they're... I don't know. I don't know what they're using to justify it, and I can't think of anything. You know, they're probably angry that somebody might be able to drive a car through, you know, and may, maybe they have some joints in the back, or maybe they have, uh, a, you know, firearm they're not supposed to have. Those pesky knows, Mexicans are coming up from Texas... And they're driving clear across the middle of the United States, crossing the border into Canada in, like, you know, Minnesota, and then traversing all of Canada only to come back in through the northernmost border of Canada at the New Hampshire border. This seems preposterous. And that is where fentanyl comes from. <laughs> well, it's yet, another, it's yet another reason for Quebec and New Hampshire to be united on something that we don't want uh fascist border between us and forced from outside yeah yeah i feel like the the larger the empire known as the united states of america grows the more of this we're going to see because this is what uh, a closing society looks like a, a dying empire right they start sort of uh, you know wrestling with things like borders and then they start pointing their guns instead of at enemies outside of their borders they start pointing them at the citizens within the borders and we've seen all of that happen already maybe they're trying to use it as a success story right they their utterly failure of closing the southern border it's like well look no one's coming in from the north <laughs> we have successfully secured the northern border from invasion let's replicate what they do there at the southern border right. which is nothing no. <laughs> I think one or two Free Talk Live hosts have gone up there to investigate what's going on at Derby Line and were harassed just for filming outdoors. Yeah, I remember hearing stories about that of like one year at Porkfest or something, a, a group of folks jumped into a car or two and drove up to, to the border to, you know, just film, see what happens at the border, get some, you know, maybe do some activism, that type of a thing. And I think that that's what happened. What did you call it, Peakless? Scam bankster fraud? Scam bankster fraud. Uh, it, this hasn't been covered on Free Talk Live yet, so we should talk about Sam, scam bankster fraud, also known as Sam Bankman Freed, uh, faces potential century-long sentence. For those of you who don't know who Sam Bankman Freed is, he is the real crypto scam artist. He is. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. They, Actual victims. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and also he was the Real guy. Real money laundering. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, he was the guy that was most uh, trying to get uh, or become compliant with government as well. So even though he jumped through all the hoops, he did all of the licensing and all it registered as a financial services company and all that stuff. Donated all to write the political campaign. Donated to both campaign, both oh, the Republicans yeah. and the billions or well millions, tens of, other of people's millions money. Yeah. of dollars, millions of dollars, all of which was dark money for the Republicans because he gets in trouble for that these days. Right, but he still wanted to bribe all of the politicians, which he did definitely did do, uh, near as I can tell. And uh, and this was an excellent way of funneling money through uh, uh, Ukraine. Yep. So none of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? None of the 
bureaucracy, none of the laws, none of the licensing, none of the government anything, right? Uh, the 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 KYC checks, the you know consumer, you know whatever the protections supposedly offered by the government. If you jump through their hoops and you license yourself to operate as an exchange in the United States, and these things are supposed to protect you and the and your customers and anybody who does transactions. None of that. It didn't prevent a damn thing. He right. still defrauded people out of billions. Right. And and because he had all those boxes checked, right, there was a presumption that they were more protected than else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and the amazing thing is that he did nothing out of the ordinary. Like, this is just another day for the ordinary financial world, but they have regulators that they have bribed, whereas cryptocurrencies have records. Well, and, but he tried to bribe people. He just, he got caught in a downswing that brought everything to light. Right. Like, if, if it was still a bull market and everything was, like, hunky-dory and going up, right, he could have carried on the scam even longer. Oh, yeah. But that, that Binance dude screwed him. Yep. Uh, so, without getting into this whole article, apparently sentencing was scheduled for, or is scheduled for March 28th of 2024. He's confronted with the daunting prospect of spending over a century behind bars for the convictions he has incurred in an emailed statement to NBC. Bankman Fraud's lawyer, Mark Cohen, said, Mr. Bankman Freed maintains his innocence and will continue to vigorously fight the charges against him. Is he being held in custody for sentencing? Because he is definitely a flight risk. Right. I he is politically well-connected. Yes. And extremely wealthy. And Yeah. No, we took all of his money. No, you didn't. Oh, we got hacked. Sure you did. I assume, yes, he is, based on uh, the the quantity of do- well, no, dollars No, he was involved. out at first and then violated bail conditions and then got taken back into custody. Yeah, this article doesn't say whether or not. It just says he's been convicted yeah. of all all seven charges, including wire fraud, securities fraud, commodities fraud, and money laundering. Uh, the jury reached a verdict at 7.45 p.m. Like Eastern real time money on laundering. Thursday. Right. I want to be clear about that. Right, yeah. Actual money laundering. Yeah. And just straight up fraud. Yes. Like, even in our system, he would be a criminal because he told people he was doing A, and he did B. A being make the money and put their, their uh, money in an account that was safe from him, and B being steal all of their money. Yeah, if you look into the details of Sam Bankman-Fried, or as we like to call him, scam bankster fraud, uh, and then you look at the details of the case against the Crypto Six, Ian Freeman in particular, you're going to notice some stark differences. Mm -hmm. Very stark. Uh, So I encourage you to do so and educate yourself uh, because it's, well, it's not good. The state is not your friend uh, in this particular case. Uh, I think this is just a case of, like, it was just too large for the state to cover up. Like, they didn't know how to cover it up. Well, and that's kind of the beauty of this, is that blockchains keep records. So it's extremely difficult to ultimately cover up uh, a discovered uh, fraud. Right. We have Jet calling from, well, where the heck are you, Jet? Midair. Spokane. If you want to get down, get down in the town of Spokane or Spokane for those who don't live in Washington. Yeah, I call it Spokane all the time just to get in trouble. Uh, the, uh, I want to 
cover a couple things. You know, you're first of all, I'll just make a comment about this Sam Bank, whatever he is. Um, if if someone like that, or some greasy individual, came to you and said, "Would you like to buy some Bitcoin?" I mean, would you really respond? I mean, I'm kind of envious of his talent to be able to persuade all these big money people to join. But anyway. Well, he was very upfront in the beginning. If you if you were able to interpret his language, he's like, I'm going to do a Ponzi yeah. scheme, but with cryptocurrency. And it's going to work because cryptocurrency is fundamentally different. And then it wasn't. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The other, a um, couple other things, um, you know, you mentioned borders. I like to point out to people in America here that you cross borders of states all the time, of countries all the time, because each one of these states, of course, is a country. Is and it, what though? Do you think about it? I feel dirty and, when uh, I go into Massachusetts. Right? Fair. <laughs> like, I don't want to be here. I feel like a hippie when Who I go to Vermont. Okay. You fit right Who in, then. You mentioned that the borders are arbitrary. Yes. Was that you, Captain? Uh, I, I mentioned that they are a human construct. Yeah, when you think about it, you take a look at all all of the states here within the United States. All of them have at least one straight line. In other words, it just got to a point and go, I went, um, okay, from here to there. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Yeah, they just drew a line. Yeah. I mean, there are such a thing yeah, but, as, as natural borders, right? People will argue with you like, well, oh, what? Like, but this, this state borders on the Mississippi or this state borders well, on the coast. or Vermont like, and New Hampshire is okay. split by a river. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, there are, you know, the river that connects us and cuts us in half. And I can't remember what it's called. I don't know the name can, of the river can, either. Can, oh, no, it's the oh, Connecticut the River. The yeah. Connect I Cut River. Okay. Yeah. It connects us. And it cuts and us. And cuts it, us. It's still right. arbitrary. Yeah, still yeah, definitely. But, you know, let's say the border down through the Rocky Mountains or something, it could have been on one side or the other instead of in the middle yeah. of the Rocky Mountains. Right. But uh, the other question I had was, aren't cages supposed to be reserved for wild animals? Wouldn't that be I nice? Just, I just think of, I just think of all those people who haven't actually hurt anyone physically. They're not. They're not a danger, as it were. Uh, but yet, they're in a cage as though they're a wild animal. And with modern technology, um, we could strap them up with all kinds of monitors and things. Uh, they could walk around and be. I mean, I don't know. Just track every step, every hour, heart rate, um, you know, blood pressure. Don't do that. Then it's going to expand to everybody. Hmm. If, <laughs> yeah. if they're going to start doing that with criminals and let them walk free, they're going to find a way to implement that for everybody who's walking free. Yeah, it's called the social credit score. Well, and the thing is, yeah, yeah. you're right. Or the, a the purpose of a, of, a cre- of a cage was that people are sometimes very dangerous. And if we think someone might be dangerous, we need to lock them away from other people until we can determine if they're dangerous or not. That's a reasonable thing to do. Like, hey, this person's accused yep. of murder, so he might be out murdering people. So until we figure that out for sure, well, we need to put him aside. And if we find out for sure, yeah, he's murdering people. We can't just let him around other people. But it's been completely abused to this person didn't pay their parking tickets. And this person, why, they had a flower that I don't approve of. And they might have even wanted to sell that flower to other people. They're being sacrificed for the greater good of the state. Well, it, uh, from the state's perspective. Yeah, they're yeah. a living sacrifice. They are a living sacrifice. Yeah. 
their human their individuality and their humanity no longer matter what's what is important is how society moves forward without them and i just want to remind our listeners that the united states government has more prisoners in cages than the entire soviet russia era gulags ever had so more prisoners uh, than any other nation in the entire history of planet earth and that brings me to my final point which is these other people calling themselves this man or the other are just other humans who have no more right to do anything than you or i and so pass it along this from themarshallproject.org. One city's surprising tactic to reduce gun violence, solving more non-fatal shootings. Oh, yeah, okay. Whoa! <laughs> was it Denver that was also, uh, try, or Colorado, also trying out, like, not sending the cops to mental health crises? Um, hmm. I think that was that was either Denver or Seattle. I'm not sure. One of those okay. two. But Either yeah, way. You're, you're, you're right. Yeah. It sounds like just the sort of innovative police work that they might do in Denver. The, maybe, just maybe, our cops are not, in fact, qualified psychotherapists. Not at all. So They're qualified psychos. Right. So the first or thing, psychos with qualified immunity. The mm. first thing I thought of when I read this, one city's surprising tactic to reduce gun violence, solving more non-fatal shootings. So my first thought is, wait a minute. So you could they, just do that? They haven't. <laughs> they haven't been solving non-fatal shootings. Well, of course not. Where's the money in that? Right. Money in that. Uh, Their job isn't is to... this. What you know, police, in theory, what we're taught in school or indoctrinated oh, to believe oh, that. Yeah. that they do. Right? They solve crime. But, oh, you mean what children believe police do? It's on so, all the TV shows too. Adults believe it too. So yeah, it gets better. The sub-italicized headline Ooh. reads. A Denver police unit started investigating all shootings like homicides. Now other cities are taking notice. Actual police work being like, done by the police. Like, wait a minute. Shocking. Like, wait a minute. So, first of all, uh, in the case of shootings, they were not treating shootings equally. They were prioritizing the homicides where somebody died over the ones where, well, somebody lived. And okay. you would think prioritizing the ones where somebody lived, got shot and lived, would be a higher priority than somebody who got shot and died. Maybe. If, the, if you know, we, we talked earlier about, like, the psychopaths in cages, right? If, if nope. there's a murderer out and about and he's killing people, you probably want to catch that guy before you go after, you know, the dude who got shot in a bar because he got into an argument. That would be the sane response is, hey, this is an active threat to human life. Yeah. Let's make sure yeah. that that's not mm, around human life. Yeah. Like the main guy, couple was it last week or whatever? Like they shut the state down. The main guy. Right. M-A-I-N-E. Oh. The main. The main shooter. shooter. The main man. The main yeah. man. <laughs> right. But I mean, like. The main act, man yeah. from Maine. Try that in uh, New Hampshire. See where it gets you. That's all I have to say about that. Maine's I think it'll actually, get them in the same place. Yeah, Maine's actually not that different gun-wise than New Hampshire. Yeah, it is. Uh, no, it isn't. Uh, I'll not by the law. Because, because you I, want, I, but... well, no, I looked it up before I took a trip over there, and it's like, oh, I don't have to, I don't have to get a reciprocal piece of paper that says, oh, because you can carry in New Hampshire, I mean, you can carry I'll, in Maine. It's I'll just open carry. The... Open carry is fine there. Concealed carry is fine there. Uh, you don't have to get a permit or anything like that. So in that I'll respect, give you that it's the similar. laws, right. the laws are yes. similar, right. but the culture is not. Okay. Like, you cannot just open carry and it be socially acceptable there. Yeah, I went into the uh, 
I, don't know, I almost said it. Well, it might not uh, be socially acceptable, but you're not going to get in trouble I went for into it. the right. uh, the adult gentlemen's club <laughs> in Maine, uh, and sure, uh, they, they wouldn't let me in while I was packing. Right. Right. So, you know, but that's... And I didn't even have my gun on me. But that... <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> All right. So from the article, uh, when Denver police sped to the scene of a shooting on June 27th, 2022, they found a victim lucky to be alive and a case that could just as easily have been a homicide. A man and a woman had attempted to steal an unoccupied car that was idling at a gas station. When the owner chased them on foot, one of the assailants shot him in the face. Ooh. Somehow, the bullet deflected off of his mouth. He lost some teeth, but he didn't lose his life. Nice. The difference between life and death was a matter of inches or less, and in most big U.S. cities, that arbitrary outcome might also have determined whether the shooter faced justice. That's because major police departments devote far fewer resources to solving non-fatal shootings than they do to fatal ones. Police generally clear about half of homicides by arresting a suspect or in the extraordinary circumstances by determining they cannot, for example, if the suspect died. But when the victim survives, departments in some cities make an arrest in fewer than one of ten shootings, according to data gathered by the Marshall Project. The Marshall Project, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is a nonprofit newsroom covering the U.S. criminal justice system. So hopefully they're somewhat unbiased yeah. when you know, when reporting this type of stuff. Even in a free market, pr- private detective, right, if he hits a roadblock and another case comes in, that's going to pay. Right. Right. He's going to work that case harder until he hits an- another roadblock. As well. The department couldn't even measure its performance investigating non-fatal shootings because it didn't have a system for counting them. Okay. This is a failure. So it Someone should have, have a system for counting non-fatal shootings. They didn't have a system for counting them. Hey, Bob. Have they heard of numbers? Hey, Bob, how many non-fatal shootings are you working on? Yeah. I don't know about 17, Captain. Hey, Larry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, I believe you've just devised a <laughs> like, system by which we could count like, such things. They are bureaucrats. They just have to have forms laying around, don't they? I'm sure right? there's a form for it somewhere. How, I don't believe that do there's they, not a form for do, that. Do they know what a spreadsheet is? <laughs> right? right. You know, do they have data entry clerks? Do they, you know. At any rate, in the department's databases, non-fatal shootings were grouped with other aggravated assaults be they committed with knives, vehicles, or fists. Non-fatal shootings got lost in the pool of incidents, which was 50 times larger than that of homicides. In 2019, Denver's uh, analysts had to perform a tedious hand search of thousands of aggravated assault, assault cases, flagging those involving firearms to conclude the department had cleared by arrest just one. So... Again, I I want to know like if if they're going to hang their if they're going to hang their excuse on the witnesses, right? How were the new detectives with more time and energy able to compel those witnesses to talk or to come forward or to go out and? You Great know? question. Okay, uh, Philip Cook, a professor emeritus at Duke University and one of the country's most foremost economists of crime. You can be an economist of crime. Oh, man, should have taken that. Said this is typical (laughs) of police departments and bad policy. So everything that we just read and everything we sort of just, you know, complained about uh, is typical of police departments. And also they typically have bad policies. 
If the justice system aims to incarcerate those with a high likelihood of harming others, there are few people more important to detain than those who have shot and almost killed someone else, particularly given that the victim of an unresolved shooting might be motivated to retaliate with violence on their own. Inconsistent policing, As they have a right to do. Inconsistent policing of gun violence also undermines any role the justice system plays as a deterrent. Since evidence shows the certainty of punishment is more important than its severity for discouraging reoffending. In the book he co-authored, Cook uh, hypothesized that allowing shooters to act with impunity likely demoralizes their communities, erodes trust that law enforcement is capable of keeping the peace, and makes it harder for officers to win the cooperation of witnesses. To which I say, derp! Go I'm like, buy a gun. Captain Obvious, coming at you. <laughs> Right? If you're going to chase someone down who just almost stole your car, you should be armed in that pursuit. So, Just in case. I'm actually concerned about this new concept of crime economics. So do we have like modern monetary theorists out there inflating crime statistics and Austrians out there going like, no, these are the real numbers? It's a new field of evolutionary capitalism. Oh, God. <laughs> I do want to go back to the main shooting uh, thing, though, and point out that there's a really simple fix for all of the mass shootings. You have to take away the gun-free zones. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wait, did that every happen in the gun-free zone? Sing- yes. Yes. I was going to say Just like every other mass shooting. And, I mean, maybe not literally, but nearly literally, every single mass shooting, all of these so-called active shooters, they go to gun-free zones. So, okay, you're probably right, and yet do we not want to then still leave it up to the private property owner to declare their area gun-free or not? Well, if it was a private property owner, that would be one thing. It was a bowling alley in a restaurant. I mean, I don't don't think it was a state-owned bowling alley or a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of these get done in uh, in government facilities. Right. That's so why I was have asking. A private if... property owner. Well, and and here's one thing to to really change in the culture is that realize that you are taking your life into your own hands yeah. by entering a gun free zone. You might think that it's all fun and games. We're just going to go bowling, but no, yeah. that bowling alley does not allow anyone to effectively defend you. Well, and who was who was the the mall shooter? The the Duggins drill or something I I can never uh, remember his name. Not the Vegas guy, but the, no, no, uh, no. The, the Minneapolis guy. Maybe I don't remember. Are you talking um, about the one where like it was a gun free zone, but and he, he was, was breaking the rules? He was breaking the rules, right. and thus it was like not a huge issue because he just immediately. I think took the we guy should down. take all right. of the gun free zones and turn them into free gun zones. Well, ah, again, there you go. If he, if the private property owner makes a, a declaration that he doesn't want this on the property. Much like you packing at the strip club there, Kevin. Right? You go like, well, right. if they're not going to let me carry in, I'm not going to patronize this business. Right? You have a voluntary uh, 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 ability to like not go to gun-free zones. If you, if you want to be safe at the bowling alley, right, then either you break the rule, you don't go, you go to a different bowling alley, or you start your own bowling alley that allows guns. And you can say, like, this is the safest bowling alley in the state. Or whatever, because we allow our patrons to be armed, and our staff is armed. And if you walk in here, you know, brandishing anything, right, you will you will be quickly put down. Hey, uh, let's... that's the rule. That's the agreement on the front door as you walk in. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. 
I enjoy Free Talk Live and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. This is from the AP. LA, Los Angeles, not Louisiana. L.A. Police Department says YouTube account suspended after posting footage of a violent attack. <laughs> okay. YouTube is finicky like that, so what is their, what is their gripe? Uh, the LAPD said Saturday its YouTube account was suspended by the company after the department posted video of a violent assault in an attempt to get the public's help and that its appeal for reinstatement was denied. Good. <laughs> Move to library. <laughs> Oh, wait, you can't, because you guys shut it down. The, the department's Moved announcement was posted on social no, media site Twitter. Hmm? It was the, their announcement because, you know, they were shut down on YouTube. They had to, Fine, we're going to Twitter. Yeah, they had to post it on Twitter. Twitter will take anybody right now. Twitter like, will let us put like, violent content like think up of, there. Think of the amount of people who were trying to do exactly what this police department was trying to do. Like, I'm going to post this footage because I need some help. Right. Uh, here's a porch pirate. Right. Here's a, you know, oh, guy got into a fight in the parking lot and, you know, just happened to get it on my phone. But it's a violent attack. So, like, YouTube takes down your channel. Hey, right? man, when you're I'm just part of the live leak you know? generation. So don't even come at me with that. The live what generation? Leak? The live leak? Live leak? Oh, yeah. You're too old. You're too young. I'm getting a thumbs up from the producer, man. Are you sure that's a thumb? I don't know. <laughs> Felt like a thumb. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, LAPD officer Drake Madison said Saturday he did not have details on when the department was notified of the suspension from YouTube or when its appeal was denied. YouTube, which is owned by Google, did not immediately respond to an emailed request for comment on Saturday. The YouTube channel for LAPD headquarters has been suspended after we posted a video of a brutal attack in Pacific Division asking for the public's help in identifying the suspects. Man, that is bizarre. The government being treated like human beings. Yeah. If only the government could treat humans like human beings. Because mm. the corporations really run things, and they went head-to-head with Google. Mm. We have appealed the suspension and have been denied, the department said. The violent offender was probably a CIA asset that had to be protected. <laughs> yeah. The department sought the public's help uh, in an October 26 news release describing a brutal assault in which two suspects punched a victim and struck the victim in the head with bolt cutters. That does sound brutal. Detectives wanted help identifying the two suspects. The accompanying video on the news release was removed for violating YouTube's terms of service, according to a note on the video. The department said it will continue communicating critical information to the public on its website. Video of the assault remains posted on Twitter. Wow, it's almost See? like if you throttle free speech, we can't freely communicate with each other. Oh, weird, huh? Yeah. YouTube is not a free speech platform, man. No, it's It not. never has been. Nor is Twitter. Twitter Twitter at least purported to be in the beginning and realized that It claims that concept, it wants to be, but it isn't. It, you're, you're correct. It is not. And I will, I will step out on the limb and say, nor should any platform be. It just... It's a failed model. Mm. Being a free f- speech platform? Yes. Mm, works for library. 
Okay. But library has like no headway and already got shut down by the SEC yeah. or whomever. Yeah, in fact. Right. And now it is immortal. Okay. Well, library and Odyssey You struck both... it down and now it has become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Has it? Well, they both still exist. Yeah. So as, and I don't know, they're technically not even DAOs and perhaps they will become DAOs, but okay. I think it's going to depend on uh, voluntarists coming together and uh, developing upon it. Uh, in order for that to happen, because the the people officially, uh, Odyssey Inc., right, uh, Library Inc., uh, the people involved in building that uh, have sort of washed their hands of it uh, as per the government's sure order. Mm-hmm. But it was it was always a niche market. Yes, and you're not gonna you're not gonna expand that to the masses. Yeah. So, but also like the government couldn't actually take it down either. I, I'm because not, of its decentralized nature. I don't care about it being taken down. I'm I'm speaking primarily on popularity and use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You you can offer a free speech platform, and then it will get overrun by the worst speech available, and the people who value high-quality speech will move away from it, and all you'll have left on your free speech platform is the lowest possible speech that people are willing to speak. Not currently what's happening on library. Because it's still niche, man. It's not going to grow. Okay. So so a niche platform can offer free speech and be effective at it. And that's what Twitter did in the beginning, and then they expanded and realized that the model doesn't work. It doesn't. It, it's not a growth model. The Federal Reserve threatens to sue Bitcoin Magazine. Dun, dun, dun. What would wow. They, what would they possibly sue Bitcoin Magazine for? Bitcoin. The U.S. Federal Reserve is threatening to sue Bitcoin Magazine, alleging apparel that parodies its FedNow system oh, man. is not protected speech, but copyright infringement. Uh, this is a classic fair use case, in my opinion. Should uh, be. Basically, they've made T-shirts that say "Cease and Desist FedNow" uh, on on these shirts. The U.S. Federal Reserve is taking legal action against Bitcoin Magazine in an attempt to silence criticism of its recently launched FedNow interbank clearing and settlement services. You know way more about this than I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the FedNow system is basically the uh, the backbone for a central bank digital currency. It's not what we think of as a CBDC because it's not uh, what they call a retail. So it's not there for people. It's there for banks. But it's... it. If they make a central bank digital currency, it is likely to be built on top of FedNow. Right, right. So the banks can communicate with the banks when right. pe- when people need to do transactions. Right. right. How does Ripple fit into all of this? That's right. the, so that's the other option. So if they don't want to build a CBDC on top of the FedNow system, they can use Ripple's uh, uh, investigation of possibilities and build it there. Okay. Or, I feel like Ripple got there first, and then no one understood it except for like the upper echelon yeah. of the elite brainiacs, yeah. right? nerds. Right. Yeah. Well, there's also the issue that mm, if you didn't pay off the right people, they're not going to use your system. So Ripple went ahead and like investigated all these possibilities for how to build a central bank digital currency on a system like theirs that is very likely to never get put on their system. Okay. In a letter sent to the publication by the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, the Central Bank of the United States is claiming that Bitcoin magazine merchandise that parodies its services 
are not protected speech, but rather an unauthorized infringement of its image and trademarks. I, uh, this is impossible to be an infringement of its image and trademarks, because in order to be an infringement, you have to prove a business monetary loss that that this copy or whatever it is that they're claiming, right, uh, is causing you to lose revenue. Totally, oh, wow. totally impossible to do because the government is not a business. Well, so the Federal Reserve isn't actually government. Oh, that's true. Right. It is so what's wacky, though, is their own accounting might actually be biting them on this. So because they're the Federal Reserve, they're the one system that's allowed to do this. So when they have a loss, they get to mark it up as a gain. Bitcoin Magazine penned an open letter to the Federal Reserve Financial Services Deputy General Counsel, Thaddeus Murphy. Dearest clowns. If you will. <laughs> Dear Thaddeus Murphy. On behalf of the entire team at Bitcoin Magazine, I wanted to take the time to thank you for your thoughtful inquiry after having browsed our online store. Doing your Christmas shopping early, you'll love to see it. Let us know if we can send a box of merchandise to any of the 12 Federal Reserve Banks. You might enjoy our content from the latest print, Bitcoin Magazine, which discusses the damages your policies have done to our economy and our country. Please don't hesitate to reach out with a list of coveted items, and we will be sure to send them. We want to do our part to, quote, stimulate, unquote, the economy. On to business. We would like to inform you that while we received your cease and desist request, we refuse to comply. We will not be intimidated by your efforts to silence criticism. As you may know, our publication and readership are deeply troubled by the new FedNow interbanking communication system. We believe not only that it is possibly unconstitutional, but that it threatens the very freedoms that all liberty-loving American citizens should hold dear. With that in mind, we believe it is well within our First Amendment rights to exercise speech on the issue, and to that end, we will be defending our right to sell merchandise that makes buyers aware, through fair use imagery, our position that this system is a threat to civil liberties. I would like to make a few direct comments on quotes present in your letter, in order to best articulate what I'm sure is to be considered a disappointing response. Quote, you mean you can just not comply? <laughs> Go figure. Whoa! You've obviously listened to the end of uh, one of my songs <laughs> called It's Time. You can find it at CaptainKickass.com. Uh, so here is uh, a quote, and then they will comment on it. The quote is, The Federal Reserve has extensively used and promoted the FedNow mark and has built up substantial goodwill in this invaluable <laughs> asset. Substantial goodwill, my ass. How long have they been promoting this thing? It's only been a couple of months, I, right? I, I only heard substantial goodwill. I only heard about it through this article. I mean, uh, all no, we it, talked about. Fed I'll admit now. a little no, bit but, of but the logo. Uh, oh, okay. Right, the, their their trademark, if okay. you will. Right. I'll admit a little bit of like uh, echo chamber here. But literally everyone I know who knows that FedNow exists is against it. Like, I don't even know what the arguments in favor of it are. And you want to tell me that there is substantial goodwill about a thing that people don't know exists. Right. Or, or how it works. I'll, I'll, I, will, I will breach the topic briefly then and say uh, quicker clearings is the, the best positive for consumers. People don't know what clearings are. They do. Well, they don't know what they are, but they know the effect. Right, like, why Do don't I have access to my money immediately if I deposited my check? Right, and this solves that. 
Mm. So at any rate, uh, the quote is, the full quote, the Federal Reserve has extensively used and promoted the FedNow mark and has built up substantial goodwill in this invaluable asset. Financial institutions and consumers associate the FedNow mark with the Federal Reserve and its services. No, I don't think they do. Again, people don't know this thing exists. So, so this the people is, that do know right. this thing exists are almost exclusively against it. So this is a, a quote from, from their cease and desist letter. Now, this is Bitcoin Magazine's response. All right. That's an interesting point. For starters, what goodwill has the Federal Reserve built up? (laughs) Have you seen the state of the working class today? Perhaps you've already forgotten how Fed policy directly led to mismanaged bond portfolios in regional banks across the country, such as Silicon Valley Bank, Signature, Silvergate, or First Republic. Perhaps you've already forgotten about the historic inflation rates seen throughout the U.S. since government-imposed lockdowns all but forced the Treasury's hand to stimulate the economy to the tune of trillions of dollars. There is no goodwill, Mr. Murphy, and it's certainly not substantial goodwill either. And a Bitcoin magazine wouldn't want to be using that bad will to sell products or be associated with it. Right. Uh, Here's another quote. The Federal Reserve recently learned that Bitcoin Magazine is selling T-shirts, hats, and other wearables bearing the FedNow name, as shown in the screenshot below. Bitcoin Magazine's use of the FedNow mark in this manner is likely to cause confusion, mistakes, or deception. Consumers are likely to believe that the gear is associated with, affiliated with, or endorsed by the Federal Reserve when no such association or relationship exists. Fed so now condoms. That's, Be that's, safe when getting the screwed by the Federal Reserve. Yeah, there's awfully, <laughs> awfully short condoms, though. It just says Fed now on them. All right. <laughs> so that was their statement. Asian uh, small. Here's uh, Bitcoin Magazine's response. Well, this, remember, that's the quantity that they're easing. <laughs> this is false. Bitcoin Magazine is exercising its First Amendment rights to social commentary and parody. I'm sure you'll notice the all-seeing eye that symbolizes the state of total financial surveillance that your agency is seeking to impose on the American financial system. We do not believe that anyone that is familiar with our editorial guidelines and general stance on the world would ever associate Bitcoin Magazine with the Federal Reserve. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. I got... uh... Well, you know how these government agencies got to spend all their money or their budget won't get renewed? Yep. Right? All right. Well, not that I have anything against women, infant, and children, but the WIC program is uh, evidently doesn't have enough respondents to drain its tank of cash. So there's a big fret about, oh, no, we might get canceled. So what and you're saying is we got to go make more single moms. Infants and children, but that just tickled my Elmo when any damn government thing gets canceled. It tickled your elbow? Elmo. Tickled my Elmo. That's what he calls it. <laughs> remember the old, you remember the old Tickle Me Elmo dolls? Yeah, yeah I, I don't really want to, but sure. <laughs> I had yeah. one. Well, whatever. It's just it's something I made up a long time ago. It just kind of stuck in my head. It's definitely stuck somewhere. Anyway, the uh, the main shooter and all the rest of these mass nut shooters, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You remember uh, the the oxy crisis, of course, and how they finally had so much dirt they couldn't hide it anymore that there was an opioid epidemic. 
Okay. So they went after, what, two or three drug companies and shut a couple of them down pretty much. Yeah. Well, the problem I got with all this reporting and hoorah is they don't tell anybody anything about what kind of uh, medication that these shooters are on. Because I think most of them are spun out by the big chemical, the big pharma. Oh, yeah. the, the main guy was known to the FBI had already made threats on his army base, was reported, you know, by one of his army buddies or whatever for, you know, that he needed a psych evaluation, and then went, then surprisingly went crazy. Huh, weird. Oh, yeah, he actually, the guy actually called the cops and told them too, and uh, they went out and tried to make contact with him like twice, but were unable to, as they say. But you know what? If they really got a hard on for you and they want you, they'll sit outside your house at five thirty in the morning until a light bulb clicks on, and they know somebody's in there. Oh yeah, that gives them a right kick in the freaking door. Well, he was a survival expert as well, though, so he could have easily been in the woods doing survival training or survival doing. Well, the fact that he ended up dead with a bullet hole. You know, in, in the middle of the woods, uh, pretty much speaks for itself. I think they spent three days looking for him. Yeah. I don't I don't that think they found him in the work. woods. They found him at work. No, they right? found him in the woods by work. There oh, was okay. a boat ramp right. in the river, and the woodlock kind of connected the two. So he knew the land well because, you know, like you said, yeah. he was a woodsman. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he went out there and, you know, instead of trying to make camp and just escape him, he – uh Capped himself. Allegedly. He evidently, he had yeah, new allegedly. hardware, which uh, makes you hear things. That, I mean, they can put stuff in those pipes that you can't control or deny and sometimes even hear, like some certain high-pitched noises that just drive you bonkers and whatnot. Yep. Yep. And uh, he, he said he was hearing voices. That was part of the story. It never gets done. But I want to, because he was in the Army, and he had a previous history of psychotic problems so you know damn well they had him on some medication and i'm sick and tired of being just sitting here thinking oh well he must have just been a crazy man and that's the bone they want us to swallow and it's horse hockey it is horse hockey yeah is this going to be one of those oh this one also was on selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors huh I mean, haven't they all been? All of these uh, supposed active slash mass Alex shooters? Jones has been predicting yeah. this for years. Active shooters, uh, suicides, they've all yeah. been uh, on SSRIs. Right. Yeah. Or uh, some sort of mental health medication. Right. Uh, they've had histories of violence. They've, uh, to my knowledge, perhaps all of them had already been on law enforcement's radar. And yet. He was on our radar. Ah! Say the line, right? Yeah. It's the AR-15s, though, because all of them use that, too. I like to call this thing uh, not daylight savings time, but government savings time. Okay. Uh, my, uh, and, like, I don't know where I learned this from, and so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding was uh, sort of the same way the uh, the kids get out of school, uh, you know, for harvest Right, yep. That kind of a thing. Uh, the summertime to go work in the fields, uh, and that's how the school year became because they wanted to make sure the kids could, you know, have time to go help out on the farm or whatever. My understanding with government savings time is similar to that. 
Uh, but it came about in World War Two, mm. World War One. So that's that's the the myth, but none of that is true. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, daylight savings time was because the president at the time wanted to schedule meetings so that he would still have time in the early evenings while it was light out to add to his bug collection. Which is foolishness because he's the president. You could just schedule the meetings an hour earlier. Well, but this way, everything would be already scheduled to the way he wanted it scheduled. Okay. And because he is God Emperor of the planet, he decided that the time will be different because he said so. Yeah. Still dumb. Because bug collection. This I get it. from Eugipius.com. I don't know what a Eugipius is, and it's spelled all sorts of weird, too. So, But why daylight savings time is stupid. Stupid. <laughs> like, I've agreed with this since I first found out about daylight savings time. Yep. I'm like, this is stupid. Why do we even do this? There's no reason. It was so much easier living in Hawaii where I didn't have to worry about the clocks. I was going to ask you about that, too, because uh, I saw somebody post on, online like, <laughs> Yeah, we in Hawaii. Yeah, screw that. Yep, uh, we don't worry about it. And isn't there a place? Uh, is it uh, one of the? Ma- is it Mountain Time? But what, like Arizona, Arizona or something? Yeah, yeah, somewhere. And then India, somewhere in Indianapolis, I think only part of the state does it. Indiana, I think so. Yeah, yeah. interesting. The twice annual clock fiddling ritual is a pointless pain in the hmm, and it should be abolished everywhere. I guess I could, probably could have said ass, but you know, whatever. Well, you said it now. Well, what Mr. was your Kick name ass? again? Captain right. Kickman. <laughs> I see. That's right. Uh, not to be confused with the fictitious uh, day of the lunar calendar that has yet to exist. Mm. Mm. Day. Mm-hmm day. Uh, on October 29th, uh, the superstitious ritual known as Daylight Savings Time ended in Europe. And for my American readers, it will end this coming Sunday on the 5th of November. Really? And I, I, don't, I don't know how valid this is for the American ones either, um, Peakless. They, the Americans didn't go back to the old time because the candy cartels wanting kids to have more light when they're trick-or-treating on Halloween. So now it's like always the Sunday after Halloween. Mm. Remember, remember, so that, the 5th of November. Because I remember also when uh, uh, George W. Bush changed the day. Was that why? He didn't change it because of it, but like that, there was a sunset on that, right? So it's like it happened later in the fall and earlier in the spring, and then the spring moved back to what it used to be before, and they didn't move the fall. So we're like, that's why we're in a week behind Europe. So I've got uh, everything automated except for the clock on my stove, right? You got to get a smart stove. So, no, I don't. Um, I like my dumb stove. Okay. It does what I want it to when I tell it to, and it doesn't talk back to me. Smart stove does all that and changes the no, clock it talks time. back at you. At Maybe rate, I like the clock being different, just to remind me of this particular idiocy. So, Every time I see the clock and go, wait, is it really? No. So, so does it happen? Things are just stupid because people keep listening to government. Does the government savings time happen at like midnight tonight? Two or, in the or two in the morning? Two like, in the, at yeah. two in the morning, it, it will cease being in two in the a morning. handful of hours from now. At two in the morning, okay. yes. it will then be one That's in the morning right. again. So it That's happens right. between Saturday and Sunday, not between Sunday and Monday. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, te- it happens on Sunday at two in the morning. Right. I just yeah. remember, like, uh, as Which, a, while we're on the subject, it is retarded to start a day in the middle of the night. Just saying. Midnight but it's, is actually the beginning of the day. What kind of sense does that make? Yeah. We're fixing um, every, all the time-related issues here on Free Talk Live. As, so, as a former we'll uh, manager... the clocks and the calendars. As a former manager of people, uh, it is quite common 
for someone to show up an hour late or an hour early to their job, depending on which of these yes. uh, idiotic things we're doing with the clocks. That was that was more common before automation. Right. However, it still happens, right? Mm. Like even after smartphones and you know computers that update automatically and all that kind of stuff, still happened. And so uh, that's like, why, like you know, I've long forgot you know, whatever day it was. My and, alarm you know. goes off on Sunday mornings the same time it does throughout the day, throughout the rest of the week. Yeah. Right. So tomorrow morning, I will likely be awake before my alarm, simply because like that's when my body naturally wants to wake up. Right. And my alarm has not gone off yet. Right. The right. Only- Consequently, in the spring. Right, I'll wake up when my alarm goes off going, why the heck am I so tired this morning? Uh, like, did I not sleep? And then I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah. this was the day. Yeah. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.